Welcome to the next episode of No Disclaimers. This one is titled The Immaculate Disinflation and the Silent Tax. You know, lots of times we come up with these topics from just a variety of places. And in particular, this one is a look at what's going on today regarding inflation, which I know everyone feels in their pocketbooks and are talking about on the financial networks and so forth. We've kind of figured a little bit of history about it and exactly how some of the data, how it has worked in the past, and inflation and the Fed and its role. So it's a little history of the Fed and inflation as well. So hopefully, if you like it, please like. If you know anyone that would like to hear it, pass it on. Subscribe so you know when we have these new episodes. So let's get started. Inflation has been in the news, top of mind for a lot of people. Over the years, it's been called a stealth tax or a silent killer, at least in financial terms, because most people really don't notice it unless it gets really hot really fast, right? It's like the proverbial frog in a pot that's brought to boil slowly. Don't jump out if it's slow, right? If it's really hot, they notice it and start complaining or jump out of the pot. Inflation or Another definition is devaluing the currency or standard of living of the populace has long been the choice of empires and politicians. And the reason is because most people just, they just don't notice they're being taxed or robbed by their leaders when it's done a little bit at a time and kind of hidden. So as an example, who doesn't like being given free money? But does anyone notice that actually the costs usually go up more than what the free money was, right? So it's a negative to everybody. They don't notice it at first though. Or my bag of chips or cookies still cost $3. Well, okay, did you notice that it's now 12 and a half ounces instead of 16 ounces, which is a term for that shrinkflation, right? So again, it goes unnoticed lots of times, especially if it's in small doses. There are always excuses and reasons as to why inflation happens, and this time it's been no different. Lockdown, supply chains, hoarding consumers, greedy corporations, wars of necessity, weather balloons, you name it, there's a reason for it. But the one thing that's always missing is going, hmm, the money printing and deficit spending. Maybe that had something to do with it. As we have documented here and put in one of our newsletters as well, in the 18 months from March and April of 2020, 40% of all the dollars to ever exist were created then. This is the simplest definition or explanation of what exactly inflation is. So after peaking at about 9% in July last year, there's been a slow decline to around 6.4% last month. That's still three times the target for the Fed. So, you know, they're off by just a little bit. Bringing inflation down will require economic pain as evidence, really, if you think about it, by history. No politician ever wants that, however, right? Which is why once inflation is out of the box, it tends to remain sticky high for longer because they really won't do what's necessary to bring it down. Many have claimed recently that it's going to magically disinflate, that things are going to come down because supply chains will heal, the war ends, etc. And that's become known as the immaculate disinflation. With all due respect to the great Franco Harris, who passed away in January in the immaculate reception, call us skeptical of the immaculate disinflation. 
So what does history say about this, right? And one of those things, too, was to take a first look at the Federal Reserve. And when it was created, its purpose was to provide the nation with a safer, more flexible, and more stable monetary and financial system. Sounds pretty good, right? And their dual mandate was to maximize employment and keep inflation low. Well, how have they done? That's kind of interesting. Keep inflation low. Notice there's no numbers in there. And many times people use the words stable prices. So in other words, not prices going up, not prices going down, but that's come to actually be defined by the Fed recently as 2% for some reason. But let's go look at history and why we think it's so pernicious. It's such a difficult thing, inflation. Go to the Minneapolis Fed's own website, and you can download this. It shows CPI, and it shows it over all the months and years since the Fed has been created. Now, I printed this off sometime in 2022, so it was only the 2021 data that's through here, but you will get the point. So the average rate of inflation in 2021 was actually 7%, well above average. So what about wages? Wages actually increased 4.5%. So net-net, despite more money, they had actually, since costs were higher, you were net worse off on average. 2022, inflation was 6.5% and wages rose by 5.1%. So in the last two years, inflation has increased 13.5%, wages 9.6%. And again, those are all skewed in different ways. The people usually hurt the most are the people that make the least, right? They have more expenses and less wage growth. So what's interesting is this. Since 1913, there was 109 years, there were only 13 years with deflation or with actual costs or price going down for the full year. And most of those, 10 of those, were in the Great Depression. Two of the years, or only two years, where there was a minus 10%. Again, two of those were in the Great Depression. So let's back that out. You know, if we look at it, that means 90% of the time costs go up, 10% down. But let's look at post-World War II, because that's probably more apropos, right? So since then, that's 76 years, there have been three years of deflation. 1949 was down 1%. 1955 was down 0.3%, and 2009 was down 0.4%. So there have only been three years, or roughly 4% of the time since post-World War II, where there have been prices that went down, and their average decline is 0.57. So the data suggests that this cost of living increase that's just happened will be like the others in post-World War II, and it will be, for all intents and purposes, permanent. It will exceed wage growth, and we will all be worse off for it. And it will have a deleterious impact on the people that can afford it the least, the people that don't have assets, and the people who only have really access to the, they have the least amount of wage growth, and they also don't have the ability to offset costs with other investments and assets. So unless we see a deep economic downturn, like in the Great Depression, that kind of reset things. We don't think you're going to see those costs come back down. If they've increased over 13% the past couple of years, the chances of them dropping 13% to get us back to where we were a couple of years ago is basically zero. But do we think the Fed won't print and Washington, D.C. spend again if we do have a great recession or depression? I think they will. But we think because of that, that inflation is going to be stickier and higher. The Fed's going to fight it more than people think right now because it's a political issue and it's much higher than it's supposed to be. 
and markets will struggle until this battle is over, right? So that's why we think, as we said, we're kind of in the middle innings of things. So all that, right, that's why we focus on inflation, why sometimes maybe might even rant a little bit about it. But here's one last stat, and this is the one that is, I guess, the most disheartening. <laughs> Since 1913, right, you can get this also from the Fed's own website, Minneapolis Fed. If something cost $1, remember the Fed's mandate was to basically maximize employment, keep inflation low, or stable prices. $1, if something cost $1 in 1913, it now costs $27.14, or said another way. The U.S. dollar, or U.S. citizens' purchasing power, has declined 96.3% relative to 1913 over that 109 years. I feel like the Fed has failed, miserably, considering its goals and mandate. And the question is, what should Washington do about it, right? Should, should they adapt? Should they adjust? Should they, or should they simply change the goals? So that's a little bit of an insight into another podcast or newsletter that will come later. But at the end of the day, what's going on with inflation is a big deal. It is unlikely to come down on its own miraculously. It is likely means the Fed continues to have to keep rates higher for longer and causing a harder landing or economic decline and markets will struggle as we go through. So... We're prepared for this as much as we can with portfolios. We try to make sure that people understand why this is different this time, in particular because of inflation, and why inflation is such a pernicious thing. It is so difficult to contain, and it does hurt the least of us the most. So thanks for listening. If you do like this, please do like it. If you subscribe, you'll know when we have new episodes and we'll have some new ones coming out. Thanks again for listening to No Disclaimers.